Hey, awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch or recap television shows you really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept, and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Elise, who is currently standing on top of a scaffolding in the middle of a thunderstorm, looking down on a body that she's just stabbed. Oh, that might be my favourite one yet, I think. Um, thank you thank you yes that that would be a very cool cool thing to do i think i mean obviously not the murder you know take that part out (laughs) but i'm you know standing in the rain holding a sword you know like looking i feel like i would look i would look better than um young gomez um Mm. but that could just be my ego talking we'll throw it out to the listeners and they can uh they can write in because someone has written in uh, someone has written okay. in for the question. Uh, they have said, how come you didn't release an episode on Monday? Uh, and mm. I respond to them. Um, this was up update schedule. Um, I'm not sure why they came up with that name, but that's the name they came up with. Uh, because my computer died and my computer sucks. So mm. for going forward, I believe we are going to be releasing these episodes on Wednesdays to appro- appropriately celebrate Wednesday. I love it. I love it. Yep. I kind yep. of feel like we maybe should have been doing that from the start, but then I guess, yeah. like, you know, it's Wednesday somewhere, right, in that's, the world, surely? It's true. That's true. When people go back in five years and are re-listening to these, it doesn't matter that it came out on Wednesday. True. Yeah. Because we are talking about Netflix's Wednesday, season one, episode five, You Reap What You Woe. Uh, in <laughs> which episode during parents weekend wednesday digs into her family's past and accidentally gets her dad arrested enid feels the pressure to wolf out and now haven't we all accidentally gotten one of our parents arrested at one point or another <laughs> mm. I mean, for a variety of things not usually murder which is what happens in this yeah. one mm-hmm. now you were saying before we started recording th- you didn't like this episode I mean, I, I, look, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that I didn't like it, but I mm. would go as far as to say I found it boring. Um, yeah. So there were still I... elements I think I enjoyed. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I was like, oh, I just don't care. Like, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I say I f- that to you a lot. <laughs> I find it really interesting that you're saying that because of your love of the original films like the 1990s films. And I think if they had made an Adams Family show, like in Mm. the present day, this episode is what it would have been like. Okay. I'm looking for you to elaborate more. Okay. Because this is where we actually see the family all interacting and interacting with the kind of the world around them. Like there's a little bit oh, of mystery, yeah. so you keep going. But You're we right. get the full family here. Yeah, that's true. There's a great um there's a great scene in with the where they're all in with the therapist. Um oh yeah, I love that quite, scene. Quite funny. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're right, I guess. But that's what I mean. There were there were bits that I did enjoy, but on the whole, I found I was just like like when it finished, I found it was like, oh, like oh, you know, just like a little filler where it's like, okay, cool, now let's get to some real stuff. Um Yeah, because the, like last episode, Eugene got gutted by the <laughs> by the monster, and it's like, well, he's in a more coma now. Cutting, more cutting, more cutting. <laughs> <laughs> Look, oh, that's mean. That's mean. We like Eugene. 
well, oh, Wednesday, I mean, like, like Eugene, we should like I him. don't specifically mean let's gut him more. I just mean, like, let's oh, just have some more bodies and let's just have some more action. Yeah. And I, when I first saw this, I was like, how come we're just having this little mystery stuff in the middle of it? I want to get to the big mystery. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a side quest. Yes, yes. Or even like, um, oh, what I don't know what the word would be, but like, Oh, what would it be? Like a follower quest? Is that? Is yeah, that like a loyalty quest. Like a, yeah, loyalty quest. That's it. Um, yeah. Yeah, where you're kind of like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but I'm like, I have to because I want you to get you to your like full powers or whatever, you know, and have yeah. full loyalty for me. Um, so, yeah, you're right. That's what it feels like. Yeah, because a lot of it is about that, the murder charge that Gomez had back in the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's about kind of clearing the air between Wednesday and her family. Like she yeah. had she had that chip on her shoulder when she arrived and that kind of was blocking a lot of what she was able to do and now she's able to get rid of that and move forward. Yeah, I definitely reckon that's part of it. I think you've hit hit the nail on the head there. Um, I also think it could. <laughs> I also think it could be as well to remove, um, what's his name, the sheriff as an adversary. Yeah. Um, wait, is it an adversary or an adversary? I was gonna. I was gonna say an obstacle. So I will go with either one of yours. <laughs> um, you know, because by proving. Oh, I mean. Is is this still a spoiler free episode? <laughs> oh, it's spoiler free for the series. We can talk about what happens in the episode. Okay, okay, sure. cool. So in improving that um that Gomez Adams didn't actually commit the murder, which is what mm. the sheriff has, you know, he's been driving his hatred for him over so many years, um, and his hatred for Wednesday and his disdain for Wednesday. Yeah. Um, the fact that she can prove his innocence. I think helps to resolve that as well and, and helps to um, – it doesn't necessarily move the investigation on this episode, but it, it means that it should move smoothly, I guess, or more smoothly moving forward because the sheriff doesn't have this um, bias, I suppose. Yeah, I think you, you're right there that it now means that he's going to look at Wednesday's evidence on its own merit rather than mm-hmm. discounting it because she's an Adams. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess it's also similar to, you know, often when you do like a little side quest in, in D&D, you, mm. I mean, I guess I'm speaking for some of my motivations, you know, may, mm. other party members may have different motivations, but often I find I want to do a side quest because it may lead the town to look upon us more favourably. Um, you know, it might make them trust us more or, um, you know, maybe we're doing it to get more information about something else, you know, as a reward. Um, and so it's sort of this, I guess, sort of storyline reminded me a bit of that in that Wednesday's almost doing this side quest of, of um, um, not freeing her father, but proving his innocence. Mm. Um, and, you know, the reward that she gets, I suppose, is perhaps a more cooperative sheriff um, for the main quest. In that case, would it be that the loyalty quest isn't for her family, it's for the sheriff? 
Like she's well, not trying to win over her family and clear the air there. The, her loyalty quest in this regard is to get the NPC who's blocking her way. She knows that it's just yeah. a matter of doing this, so she just does this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, either I think, or, I guess. It, guess I think it's either or. I think you could do both. Mm. It's like, why not? Mm. If you're mm. a, a great, I, want, I don't want to say great because I want to try to do this myself. If you're a game master, tying your backstory into the side quest is a great way of doing it. Mm. Because it, this is kind of the, the backstory. We get a lot of information on this backstory too because all we knew before was Gomez was charged with murder. Mm, but mm-hmm. here we get flashbacks we get to see the raven dance um like we get all different points of view we get weem seeing gomez we get gomez's version we get morticia's version we get like i think we get sheriff donovan's version at one point too yeah possibly yeah but it, it basically boils down and we get to learn about the gates family too which is like new. oh yeah that's us. pretty yeah and that's pretty important yeah because this feels like oh, this is like a, a big deal. This is why there was a murder investigation and it really sets up the the secrets of the town's holding. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of, here's the X. Ex- so it's it's kind of a side quest which will give you more information for your main quest too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, it is, there's all these other little storylines going on at the same time. And I feel like they just kind of get brushed aside because of this main driving force. A little bit, yeah. Like, I really wanted to see more of Enid and her family. Yeah, I, that's who I was thinking of as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, but so, like, basically, she it's because it's family week. She's, um, yeah. her, mom, her mom's basically judgmental and wants her to wolf her out. And um, yeah. I guess her little storyline is that, Enid comes to terms with the fact that she's going to wolf out on her own terms and her mum can't control that and she basically tells her mum that. Um, yeah, but we get three scenes. We get the scene where the parents show up. We get the mm-hmm. scenes where her mother tries to get her go to conversion therapy and we get the scene yeah. where Enid tells her off and says, you've got to accept me for who I am. Yes. And there's nothing else. We don't really see Enid like struggling with it we don't really yeah. see going or to processing for help. yeah 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 and it's yeah, such it's a, a clear it's such a clear coming out metaphor as well mm-hmm. like that they're trying to get her to be something that she's not ready yet or mm. not sure she is yet and the fact that there's conversion therapy is just so <laughs> obvious too yeah yeah but i i did like her family like we didn't get to see her brothers, but the fact that there's a shot of them playing frisbee, <laughs> yeah, they're just like catching in their mouths and then running around with it. It's like I, I like them. Yeah, <laughs> want to see more. Yeah, and and her dad, her dad's this real silent but kind type. Um, yeah, yeah. He just and the moment when he gives us a hug at the end and just like I'm proud of you, kiddo. It's like oh. Yeah, yeah. Although I did have my notes just that say um, Enid makes her big declaration and her mother just walks off, I'll point out. She doesn't, like, say anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, not, I'm not, not sure not if great. that's actually clear in the air or if she's actually accepted. Because that moment was like, I hope you can accept me for who I am. I'm like, yeah, as gay, because you're gay. <laughs> you are very much into Wednesday. <laughs> who isn't? 
it's pretty much everyone in this show, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, and uh, there, there wasn't so much like any of the, the love triangle we've had in the last few episodes, which was good. Yeah, no, there wasn't, thank God. Yeah, um, I, was, I was bored of that, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a little bit of Bianca. Her mum turns up and, I don't know, apparently she runs a cult and she needs Bianca to come and help her because her siren song's drying up and Bianca I don't think she runs it. the cult. I think she has. She's, oh, I thought she did. She married the guy who runs the cult and he uses her to, like, bring people in. Oh, okay. Which um, is why she needs Bianca so badly. Yeah, and Bianca basically gets her to agree that she can finish out the school year and then she'll come and help. Um, yeah, she'll she'll come and help like one last time and then, then yes, I'm done. I never yeah. want to see you again. Yeah. And the way she also gets her to agree is because she apparently Bianca sirened her way into the school, mm, mm-hmm. which I totally forgot about. That's, Did we oh, already know that? No, we didn't. Well, what I didn't. What do you mean we forgot about it? I, this is my second watch through, and I totally oh, forgot that, that yeah. was how she got in. I thought she was just yeah. there because her family was wealthy. Yeah. And I want the Bianca show, damn it. <laughs> I, want an, I want a spin off. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I'm going to pick her for my, my uh, NPC of the week, but. It's it's up there. She's she's definitely got a um, she's a contender right now. Yeah, well, I've used her already, so I'm in trouble. Uh, well, I've got I've got someone else in mind, so that should be fine. But yeah, yeah their storylines are their storylines are barely touched on. Yes, it's just yeah. it's all Adams all the time this time. Yeah, you know what though, mm-hmm. like. Apart, like I'm only sort of thinking about it now. Apart from, I would say probably Enid's father. I feel like all of the parents are represented in this episode, apart from the Adams, I suppose, um, are assholes, right? So Bianca's mum's an asshole who doesn't seem to care about her and just wants to use her. Um, also, we see the sheriff um, have an interaction with Tyler about Tyler going to therapy. And Tyler saying that he wants his dad to come along with him. Yeah. And his dad's like, I don't have time. You know, and Tyler, Tyler's trying to say that he's struggling. And the dad's like, oh, I don't have time for this. Um, and he's just a real dismissive asshole. Um, Xavier's parents don't even show up. Um, well, we don't even know about his mother. His dad said, like sends well, yeah. him a text message saying, I can't come. Yeah. Which, yeah. oh, my God, this thing, this, this is what I love. His dad's a psychic. His yeah. dad should have known before the day whether he could make it or not, but he sends him text messages that morning to say, can't make it. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, prime asshole. Um, perfect. Yeah, so it kind of it kind of paints the Adams parents as, like, really good parents <laughs> out of everyone, which is um, interesting. Yeah, I think that is interesting because... Morticia's kind of seen as a, a bad parent for a bit of the episode because she's not communicating properly with Wednesday. Yeah. And it's when she's actually able to tell her the truth, they actually kind of team up. And yes. and um have more. And so yeah, it's the Adams that are seen as the the good parents because they accept their children for whoever they are. 
And there is that moment in the prison when Gomez is like, I, I've been a bad father to you. And mm, mm-hmm. Wednesday's like, you are many things, but you are not a bad father because you have done so much for me. Mm. Oh, so no, she, sorry. She says, as fatherhood goes, you've been more than adequate. <laughs> Which is high praise from Wednesday. <laughs> right? And I think he's even got a tear in his eye when he's like, oh, thank you, mate. What is he? What's the phrase? What does he keep calling her? My little viper? Oh, oh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but it's cute. Yeah. Like it but, shouldn't oh, be endearing, but it is. <laughs> yeah. The um even the Gates father. Like we revealed that he was so against outcast that he sent Gabriel Gates to kill them all. Like he wanted them mm. to he wanted to poison the the punch. And that yeah. got his son killed. It's every Yeah. I don't know all the parents, whether they yeah. are they all shitty parents or are they all distant parents who don't understand their kids i mean is that not the same thing it is i'm just trying to find a pass for sheriff donovan because i want him to be a good dad oh my god he's not though i know i'm just trying to find (laughs) no sorry jeremy can't give you anything for for him though those of you have listened to the gossip girl podcast know that i'm always trying to find the good dad in the show like there was good dad Bart Bass theory and no one got on board with it I'm trying to find good dad Sheriff Donovan and apparently it's not here for that one either no definitely not what's wrong with good dad Gomez all right good dad Gomez and we don't actually learn good dad Sinclair but or his full name but apparently that's it yeah I'm I'm wondering we do see a lot of other werewolves and they have incredibly frizzy hair Mm. Like, have you said, like a messy hair? And yeah, yeah. His dad doesn't. Like, he's balding. He's got this massive, like, magnificent mustache. But (laughs) he doesn't actually have, like, the usual, like, lanky hair that they all do. I'm wondering, is he actually a werewolf? He'd have to be. Would he? Well, her brothers are all full werewolves. And also, if the mum's so, the mum's so obsessed with wolfing out. Then why would she hook up well, with a a non werewolf? I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons that could be because she's in love with her, within love with Enid's father, but she's worried that her choice has now affected her child. Mm-hmm. So she's like, no, no, we have to prove to everyone that you're okay, even though you don't have a werewolf dad. Mm. Look, it's an interesting theory. It is. I I really like that one. I don't think it's true because it's cool if he's a werewolf, but it's just a fun (laughs) little theory. But it does also tie into the point I wanted to make about what role parents can have in RPGs and Mm -hmm. whether you would like to see a parent, whether you want to make them a PC or whether to have them as a backstory. Because the traditional backstory is you kill them. Like parents are killed off so people can go adventuring. Yeah, right. Okay. But in your backstories, do you normally have parents alive or would you rather just have them gone entirely? Oh, good. Okay, so let's go through. So Rook, my first, very first character Ooh. in ever playing D&D, uh, basically I stole her story um, from, um, I don't think you've read it, Jeremy, but you really should have. It's a book called, um, I believe, The Name of the Wind. It's by Patrick Rothfuss. 
I think I've heard of him. Yeah, he's he's got a beard. Absolutely incredible. He does have a beard. I think he does some. He plays in D and D games as well now. Instead of writing the third book, you son of a bitch! <laughs> it's been years. Anyway, um, that's right, yeah, Patrick. So when you're listening backstory. to this, you'll know. You know <laughs> where that backstory. So basically, she was an orphan, I believe, and there was this man called Horal in the city who basically looked after all the city's orphans, uh, and he had like a safe space for them to go, and he'd sort of be able to feed them and blah 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 blah. So he that was he like really her like father. lifted it entirely oh, from. I li- from I the literally books. did, yeah. Because um, okay. I sort of went into this being like, I don't know what I meant to do. So he was like the father figure. So he was alive when I started the campaign. He was then <laughs> used against me by our evil um, DM, Ben, uh, who did kill him off um, in front of me. I believe he was eaten. Oh, no, no, I, I actually know. Sorry. No, no, I, we we I saw him afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I was post-eating. Eaten, and then, um, yeah, um, so that was the first character. Then Saxon, um, yes, you're correct. I killed my parents mm-hmm. off in my backstory, and then it mm-hmm. was up to me to to go out and form a new tribe. So, yeah, I guess I did that. And then Finska, I'm pretty sure she still had parents. No, no, her mum was dead. That's right. Her mum was dead, but her dad was was back. Her dad was still But Finska, Finska was a bit older, wasn't she? Uh, what do you mean? Like she was thirties. Be like, oh no! I was going to say mid to late twenties. Oh, okay. All right then. Because I was thinking mid twenties. I was thinking if this is in a dark fantasy world, it's like if you make it to your fifties, that's your old age. So any character in their thirties, their parents are probably just dead through natural causes or monsters or something. Oh, it's not really backstory potential. Yeah, that didn't. No, that didn't enter my mind. In in Finska's mind, her dad is still out there with her brothers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what about your current character, or is that still a secret? Oh, <laughs> it's not a secret. I don't think I actually even thought about my parents for the current character. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Let's just say they're dead. <laughs> I <laughs> sure, mean, they're dead. Honest, she, I mean, you can't remember honest, them. She wouldn't remember them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I always want to play a character who has, like, a happy family. And is just going for adventuring for the fun of it or to make a name. And every time mm. I do, I reminded that we're in dark fantasy and I better kill the parents. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, I think it's really hard because if you do have such a happy family and you love them and you're going adventuring for the fun of it, when you start coming up against some fucking dark shit and you're also almost dying every second day you'd almost be like, you know what? I'm going to go home to my happy family and my warm bed and, you know, my, you know, stuffed toy. <laughs> your stuffed toy and your, well, it's, it's going to say your wonderful spouse, but stuffed toy works too. Um, I'm wondering, there's a, a character in the Dresden Files who's basically like a dad. He is like a knight of the cross and he has to go out and fight monsters and always going around the world. And like, he's got a ton of kids because Catholic. And <laughs> one of the things about it is that that's why he's doing it because he has kids, because he has a family and because it's the right thing to do to make the world safer for his, for people and his family are part of that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I really I like, like that. that yeah, as so a, I was thinking of it. I was thinking of it as like a, a young person with the happy parents back home but mm. thinking of it like that, where you're the parent, that's actually, mm. I like that. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. 
I mean, alternatively, you could go the Milan route where your parent has been chosen for some quest or something and you step up instead and go, well, I will do this so my family can be safe. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. See, there's, there's so many options. in their place almost, yeah. Yeah. And where, whereas I just go, no, nah, parents are dead. <laughs> in your face, Game Master, you don't get to use them against me later on. <laughs> or does he? He does, actually. There's a reason I never mm. told our Game Master Dirk's backstory in full and because I know he would use Dirk's parents against him. Ooh. Just because we might not be coming back. Oh, Dirk would probably would have told your character don't. a couple of times. And if, yeah, you yeah, sure? Yeah, probably over, over ales. Oh, I don't know. Like there's half of me that's like, no, I like it to come out organically in the game. But are we going to come back to them is the question. We freaking better, honestly. We better. All right, I won't tell you. I won't tell you. If people right. want to know, yeah, they can cool. write in. Yeah, because Dirk is going to be someone that comes up a lot more. Dirk's my favourite character ever. He's not really, but, you know, I have to say that now. Who's your I can't remember from our discussion the other night. Who is your favourite character ever? I don't. I love them all equally. Well, that's right. You didn't end up picking because you're a pansy. Rude. And <laughs> no, I. whoever I'm playing at the time is my favourite character because they're the one that I'm diving into. Yeah, that sounds that sounds gross. weird. And no, I know what you mean. It's no. just they're the one that I'm thinking most about, so they're obviously going to be my favorite at that time. But next time, it's going to be someone else. Yeah. So I I was interested in this because the emphasis on parents in this episode, because it is a lot about that interaction, and boiling it down to a lot of the series so far has been about Morticia and Wednesdays. Flash. Yeah. Like Wednesday is not Morticia. And I'm wondering from this episode, did it really feel like Morticia's trying to make her like her? Or is that just Wednesday's hormones actually coming out? I think, well, to me, I think it's Wednesday's hormones coming out. So they do have a moment um, where they they're down in the nightshade's lair or whatever it's called. And Wednesday actually opens up and basically says, you know, I've been living, I'm living in your shadow. You know, you sent me here. You wanted me to come here and you sent me here, but I'm only ever going to be in your shadow here because you, you know, like I, I do fencing, you were the captain. Um, I win the mm. poke hub. You won it, you know, however many times. Four years um, running. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so she really sort of opens up and says, like, I'm literally living in your shadow and that's not, I don't, you know, and so she's almost saying, you know, why do you keep making, wanting me to be you? Um, and, but Morticia is, seems very taken aback, I think. So I, I feel like it, that's on Wednesday. Um, I yeah. feel like it was just Morticia had such a good time at the school. So she's just like, I want you to go there so you can have a good time. Um, you know, not really thinking about the fact that she just happened to be queen of the school. Um, um, and I think I think you're right that it is Wednesday's point of view because she says in that scene, I think Morticia says something, and I didn't want, I didn't mean for you to compete with me. And Wednesday's like, everything is a competition. Yeah, and Morticia says, yeah. I know you see it that way, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And I really like that as well because Morticia did kind of say, I found a place where I could fit in here. And it's not about you trying to be as good as me. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And I will be proud of you. And it's you that's trying to live up to me, not me trying to make you live up to you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's a great motivation for a character too. Like trying to live up to a mentor or a parent figure. Or like a legacy or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Particularly, I'm thinking like a superhero RPG where it's like you're Robin or something. Yeah, And you're trying to live up to Batman's legacy. Like that would be... That would be awesome. I mean, like, it would be cool, but I really feel like I really feel stressed. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But that's kind of the point, that in a a campaign, you will get those opportunities to do that. Like, you'll have those chances to become the hero that you want to be. That's kind of the point of the story. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, what else do I want to say about this episode? Is there anything you wanted to say about this episode? I'm kind of monopolizing the conversation. What were bits that you do lo- like about look, this? I love it when you monopolize the conversation, mainly because oh. you you definitely steer steer this ship in the D and D direction. You know, I don't really have much experience in the um, I guess, the running of D and D things. So. I um I'm certainly here just to to chime in occasionally with the odd <laughs> quip, um. But the this episode, ideas I mean, we yeah yeah. Um, I mean, we touched on a few, we touched on I think a few of the things that I'd already um, you know, enjoyed. Uh, like I enjoyed seeing in its family. I enjoyed seeing her sort of decide or you know come to the realization that no, you know, she's just going to do things her own way. Um, you know, Wednesday. And Morticia had the great interaction. I did like seeing the the flashbacks in that I really liked, like I liked the Morticia actress and the Gomez actor. Oh, uh, actor. Um, I love the the young Morticia, like the young is... Morticia, amazing, right? Let's Oof. do another. Let's do a TV show and go back and yeah. and you know let's let's go back to them at Nevermore. Yeah, them in high um, school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really did enjoy that. Um, but like, did, like as I said, oh, and we also fun fact, we also find out that Eugene has two mums and we meet them in the hospital. Um, I like that too. It was just like, hi, we're Eugene's mums or mom moms, yeah. I should say. Moms. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was um I like that it was just very um, you know, blase, like which is how it should be, just normal. Um and I, I want to bring up that scene again because they mentioned that Eugene has had problems making friends and yes. he was kind of like the outcast among outcasts. And we've heard that before. That was um, what Rowan said about himself. Was it? Yeah. In the first episode, he's like, well, I'm an outcast among outcasts, but that's kind of addressed here. Like in the final scene, when, when um, Wednesday confronts Weems about, well, she finds out that Weems is a shapeshifter like mm. in the very final episode, final scene. And mm. basically Weems is like, yeah, Rowan was going crazy because yeah. his telekinetic abilities were out of control. He tried to kill you a couple of times. So that's why <laughs> this is going to be just covered up entirely because he was mm. out of control. And he was a member of the Nightshades. Like he was not an outcast. He wasn't like some kid that everyone was picking on. That's Eugene. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I just, I just find that really interesting that we were seeing Rowan as kind of this outsider who no one really got along with, and it's like, well, no, he was just a dick. Yeah, yeah. And it's more Eugene who doesn't fit the traditional pretty vampire siren model mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. is the outcast. Yeah. Do we actually know what why why Eugene is at Nevermore? 
don't think we do. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Certainly, he might get he might get revealed later, but he's just kind of there. Yeah, interesting. And for that matter, why isn't Pugsley there? Yeah, yeah, good point. Like, is he too young? Is he just not weird enough? Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, actually, that reminds me of another scene that I really enjoyed. Was mm-hmm, um, the fishing. The fishing, and you're right. That yeah. definitely did remind me of the mo- the '90s movies. Um, yeah. So Pugsley goes to to the lake to because he's sad, and um, Wednesday goes to cheer him up, and she says, "Oh, I packed your favorite bait," and um, it turns out it's grenades, yeah. <laughs> which um, yeah, which they just sort of pull the pin and throw in, um, and then all the fish sort of, you know, dead fish float up to the surface, and you know, Wednesday's like. Like good catch, it's or something. They're biting um, today. They're biting today. That's right. It's just really, it's a, it's a nice, funny scene, and it. Um, yeah, I love that as well because it was the sibling relationship. Yeah, like the conversation they were having that I didn't really notice the first time because we're like, haha, grenade fishing, lol, and I wasn't really paying attention <laughs> to what they were saying. What she's yeah. saying to him is that basically he's worried that Gomez is going to go to prison. Mm-hmm. which is a completely normal thing to be worried about. And she's like, yes, you have to be strong because if Gomez goes to prison, then Morticia is just going to fucking die because those two <laughs> being apart will just mm. waste away and die. And I'm yeah. going to fix this, but you need to be strong until then. <laughs> and I just really liked like their sibling energy there. It's just yeah. a, a nice, again, like the family members, not specifically parents, but also siblings as a yeah. as a relationship like i think it works better if player characters get to be siblings because the general attitude of a party is usually that sibling energy anyway yeah like i'd agree pranks with that on each other yes but it, yeah it is fun to have an NPC. And- yeah i'm trying to think of some pranks that we just pulled as random random characters i do think i try to push sibling energy onto the other players readily but i mean i I wouldn't have said that we're not receptive to it oh no no definitely everyone's receptive it's just it feels like the natural reaction when you have a group of adventurers just to do that yeah like the idea of found family it's like if you're going to be risking your lives for each other then you're going to have to have that downtime and be realized, yeah, we'll just kind of muck around in, the, in that time off. Mm. Yeah, and argue over stupid things. Yeah, um, who, who, who's got the magic item that I need right now? Like the, the best example, it goes back to Critical Role, Campaign 1. Like Laura Bailey and, and Liam O'Brien have the best sibling energy I have seen ever for people who are not actually related. Mm, and the fact that you will take my word for it i'm sure the fact that (laughs) like the reason they play twins is their birthdays happen to be the same like and that when they were creating the characters like well our birthdays are the same and it's liam's birthday for why we're running the game so let's make us twins and they do kind of act like brother and sister now like they give each other gifts they give each other shit it's just that's just the energy that they brought to it yeah and speaking of energy, so we learn a little bit more about Wednesday's visions as well. 
and we learn about why she's got like some weird visions, basically why she's seeing a lot of death and decay and destruction. Mm-hmm. Because Morticia kind of has that moment which is like, I know about the visions now and why couldn't, mm. I'm, I'm sorry you couldn't tell me. Mm. And she says that I see positive visions because I'm a dove type person. And you're a raven, so you're going to see negative things. Mm, mm-hmm. And I thought that was a fascinating outlook because Morticia is an incredibly positive person. Yeah. Like, well, not positive in like everything's happy, but well, kind of everything's happy. She has a zest for life that Gomez has as well. Like they are. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are completely in love with each other. What is it? There's the the meme going around of the person who wrote the original screenplay for the film. And it's like these two, like they Gomez and, and Morticia make out. I don't I just want to point out that Gomez's entire purpose is to love his wife. These two fuck. And it doesn't matter that this is a Disney film. I've already paid the, spent the money from the check, so you're not getting it back. And it's just <laughs> It's that kind of relationship that they are so in love with each other and in love with life that they find joy in everything. And Wednesday doesn't. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think that's like such why they clash. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. She just yeah. it's like she can't, like it's literally like she can't sort of connect or see their point of view and that would make sense. Mm. So I like that idea of where the energy is coming from shaping their point of view as well, Mm. that it kind of works that for a role-playing game, if you're going to give visions and divination, it's like, well, what are you trying to get out of this? What are you looking for? And that is what you're going to receive. If you ask about how will this person die? Well, I'll show you, but you might just get that as the, that's it. Like, well, they'll get stabbed. Doesn't say when they're going to get stabbed. Yeah. Or like, could you do it in that, like, if, like, if they, based on their, I guess, character up until they're, you know, where maybe they're, if they're like a hopeful sort of character, you know, you'd sort of theme the vision in that light. Whereas if they were quite a negative character that was often worried about things, I guess you'd, you could almost theme the vision as like worst case scenario kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. It does require you to have a lot of knowledge about where the character's coming from as a... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But we also see, um, well, Morticia explains that you can't be trained by someone who's alive in your visions. You have to be trained by someone else from the bloodline. Yeah, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but what ifs? Well, it, it does, because you're seeing visions of the past. I mean, why would you not be able to see somebody who's already passed on? Yeah, but why do you have to be trained by that person? Like, why, like it, why can't you be trained by someone else who has visions? Well, I think it's because of that energy that you bring, that mm. Morticia is the dove and Wednesday's the raven. It's like, can a bird teach so a fish to fly? she needs another raven. Yeah. Yeah. And Goody is kind of the one that's reached out. So I'm wondering if it's not so much you have to be trained, but someone from the bloodline will reach out and they'll find the yeah. spirit and go, yeah, hey, yeah. you're like me. Mm. <laughs> and um, 
I've just got Goody has anger issues, which kind of tracks with Wednesday as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's um that's a nice touch. I I <laughs> like I think it's all about mentorship and parental figures in this mm. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was um kind of it. Oh, what did you think mm-hmm. of the sword fight? What did you think of the sword fight? Because I did want to talk about um, that as a a way of describing combat. Oh, okay. Um look, it was fine. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't super impressed. Like actually I, feel, I might I feel have like you're the wrong bit- person to ask. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's the case for a lot of the questions you send my way. Um, no, no, I'm no. I think this one in particular. I've I've been playing game like RPGs with you for a good five years now, at least. And mm-hmm. you like to hit things very hard with a stick, or an axe, <laughs> or a sword, and have those epic moments. And this was not a sword fight of epic moments. This was frantic no, it- and desperate, and like slightly swashbuckling. But that's it. Look, uh, look. I'm happy for the swashbuckling. I don't mind the swashbuckling, but I just think. I guess I was a little disappointed, but I don't know why. Because I mean, we didn't, we weren't told that Gomez was an exceptionally good sword fighter, and the no. other dude was obviously just like a crazy, you know, person. So I don't know why I was disappointed, but I was. Um, so yeah, it, yeah particularly the the reveal that Morticia was the one that killed Gabriel. It's like she was mm. captain of the fencing team. She should have more skills than that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with the fact that Gabriel is apparently obsessed with Morticia, but also like hated outcasts. And I mean that makes sense too. So it's a it's a whole thing. Mm. Yeah, we don't we won't get into that one. That's less fun to talk about. <laughs> but I I liked the um the the fight because it wasn't the the hero outpowers the monster it's you are fighting for survival now and you've got to find things you've got to find a brick to throw at him you've got to find a way to block the blade you've got to try and get it off him and like parry with a lead pipe Mm. so it really kind of made it more desperate yeah i can see that um i guess i guess it was it was in in the show it was one-on-one whereas often in you know, an RPG, um, mm. you know, like D&D or whatever, you're with a party. So it doesn't become, yeah. generally, it doesn't become as desperate because, um, you know, you've got people there to back you up. Um, yeah, that's true. It's like if it's going to be one-on-one, then it's probably going to be a, a complete curb stomp because <laughs> you've wandered off from the party and you've got no support. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, but but no, it definitely was like a, a sort of frantic, desperate fight, which I mean can be good and can be exciting because it's like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Um but even though we already know. Yeah. Yeah, well maybe like, that's the oh, problem. Clearly maybe Gomez that's why is still alive. I didn't care. Like, yeah, yeah, so maybe that's why I was just like, eh. Um Yeah. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's it. So mm. we gotta again, it, it comes down to they've wrapped up a loose end. And they've given us some more questions because the episode ends with someone has written fire will rain across the the grass. 
Yeah. And it's like, sure, that's that's something that might happen. Yeah. Um, again, Wednesday takes like, it personally. Yeah. Again, it was like this big reveal and it was all like, oh my gosh, this is so shocking. But I was just like, yeah. Oh, okay. I like, again, I feel like I say this to you every week, but have I just lost my zest for life? <laughs> <laughs> then you'll fit in with I Wednesday. Just, it's fine. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that I'm becoming more of a Wednesday-ish and my joy is just getting sucked away. But I just, yeah, like seeing the fire, you know, everyone being all shocked, I was just like, that's it. Like, okay, cool. Like, what there's, does that even mean? There's something that Brian Michael Bender says in his book, Words and Pictures, where he's talking about how to keep someone reading a comic. And it is true for any sort of book true for any sort of medium you have a cliffhanger at the end of the page and that means that they've got to turn to the next page yeah and it doesn't like it could be a joke it could be whatever it is you need to turn to the next page to find out what happens Mm, and mm -hmm. that's what this is that right up Mm. until this point all the questions have been answered weems and wednesday had their little falling out and now we see oh my gosh there's something new Keep watching Netflix. Play the next episode. Five minutes <laughs> yeah, of the next yeah. episode. Yeah, that true. will be answered. And we're like, yeah. oh, well, I guess I'll keep watching. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that's what I reckon this was. It's not meant, it's meant to be that shock of, oh, something news caught my attention. And now I keep going. It's why we have cliffhangers at the end of Adventures. So you'll come yeah. back next week. Oh, I mean, that's kind of a given, but yeah, no, yeah. totally. I understand. But that's what we'd like you to do, to come back next week, dear listeners, um, because that is basically the end of the episode. There's only one thing for us left to do, uh, unless Elise <laughs> No, I was some... hoping you forgot. <laughs> no, no, I remembered. I nearly forgot, but I did remember. Uh, there is one thing that we do need to do, which is pick a character from the show that we've just watched uh, and talk about how we'd use them as a player character or an NPC in one of our games. The NPC of the week, I'm going to keep calling it. Um and I'm going to go first, if that's okay with you, Elise, because it seems Please. like you can't think of one. <laughs> I am going to go with Morticia Adams. Mm-hmm. Charlie, because captain of the fencing team, um, badass who won the Poe Cup four times, uh, very stylish nails, <laughs> which she refuses to break when Wednesday's digging up graves. And... I think it's really more that zest for life that that I mentioned earlier. I like mm-hmm. the idea of a character who just basically the happy goth trait, like having the necromancer who's just like, yeah, this is the best time to be alive, you guys. How amazing <laughs> is all this cool stuff we can do? We get to go on adventures. Mm. And that almost the dissonance of it, like having an appearance of one way and being very very um well the opposite basically but i do like the idea of her as a mother as well as someone who cares mm-hmm. deep like that positivity comes through as caring deeply about the rest of the party mm. and just kind of looks after them and will do anything for them and just has as a passion for it all that's that's the player character i'd be really interested in playing i'm not sure if i'd be able to pull it off i feel like <laughs> that's someone you need it's like Morticia works best when surrounded by the other Adams. Morticia on her own might be a little bit trickier. Yeah, yeah. And you'd have to really pull back on your um, 
rapscallion behavior. Who me? I don't know what I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> but I think she works as an NPC as well. I think she just could be a cool witch for people to visit, or a, a noble woman who just got slightly eccentric. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that's where I've got. So unfortunately, it is now time for you to to pick mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So I was deciding between two characters, mm-hmm. um, which were actually Gomez and Morticia, mm-hmm. and I basically tipped over to choosing Gomez. Oh wow! Um, but you then regaled me with um all the reasons oh, why Morticia would yep. be would be a great <laughs> um, character and you won yeah. me over and I'm jumping well, on board that train. See I I am doubtful now. I think that you were, didn't have any plan and you're just jumping on the train anyway. Because no, I would like I to promise- hear I would like <laughs> yeah. to hear your reasons for Gomez as well because you have said in the past how much you dislike Gomez as a character in this show. Okay, okay, no. I think you've misconstrued what I've said. I don't dislike okay. Gomez as a character. I oh, dislike just... the actor playing Gomez. Because yeah. He, yeah, he's meant to, like, again, I'm, this is purely based on the 90s movies. To me, he's meant to be attractive and suave and charming and someone who this goddess Morticia would actually be attracted to and in love with instead of this toad toad-like man who is not charming or suave or he just seems like a oh an oily greasy oh like i just <laughs> things that louis gusman is an amazing actor like he is there's outstanding. no judgment on his acting ability. i <laughs> i agree with you i feel that they miscast unfortunately if they got yes. oscar isaac yes fully oh, on board oh my God, yes, he would have been like creme de la creme, um, definitely. So that's I mean, the he, problem I think with he Gomez. Voiced, it's not the character. I think he voiced Gomez. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think he, in the animated series, he was he was voicing Gomez. But yes, okay. so okay, that that was the only yes. thing I wanted to bring up. Just your your dislike. Yeah, no. Of so like, I honestly Sorry. did. I honestly did. Um, it, you know, was thinking about those two, and but I was leaning towards Gomez. But then, yeah. You talking about Morticia? I was like, you know what? Let's lock her in. But I do think I would prefer her as more as an NPC. Um, yeah. And I think I, I, I mean, I guess because I'm a mother, I would lean into wanting, wanting to bring that to the forefront. I think, um, yeah. you know, like just this, or and almost like this kind of like clueless kind of mother you know like she's really like obviously loves her kids and wants the best for them but just doesn't quite like he's a bit oblivious um yeah and well that she's got her stuff going on and the kids are off adventuring so you're the player character and she's the mother the npc so you kind of come and visit occasionally she's like how's the adventure going we killed any dragons yet it's like no we don't do that anymore mother dragons are protected yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just really like rem- so removed from it, you know, so out of the picture, but just so earnest and wants to be part of your life and, yeah. Again, I feel like all the ones that I pick, like I, I feel like I just really lean heavily into like the role-playing aspect or the social aspect, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, not so much. Anything you know. wrong with that? Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. 
I, I mean, this it. is a show that has less combat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. This is more exploring and, and social. Yeah. So that kind of, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I'm, as I get older, I've, I'm leaning away from the combat of D&D as well. I'm much more enjoying the social aspects and the, the puzzle solving and the combat's fun, but I just kind of want the, the cinematic version where you get some cool <laughs> hits and then the combat's over and yeah. it's like, well, you won yeah, or you lost yeah. like, based on what makes <laughs> yeah. a better story right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I also enjoy like three hours of just hacking away at a monster. So that's fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely uh, miss the combat when we don't get it for, um, for a couple of sessions. Yeah. 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 Uh, and hopefully you listeners will miss us uh, in the seven days until the next episode goes up. Uh, thank you for listening. If you did really enjoy us, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, wherever your podcasts are found. You can give us a rating. Uh, five stars will get us out to more listeners. Uh, leaving a review will be good as well. I'll read out some reviews next time. You can also get on touch uh, by emailing dndntvpod at gmail.com or coming over to Instagram, which is at dndntvpod. Technically, I'm on Twitter as well, but it's Twitter. So, enough said. Uh, Elise wisely re- remains offline or not able to be found by the, the internet at large. <laughs> I'm off the grid, baby smart smart this is why i get guests on i get all the attention now that's why i run games as well uh so until next week stay safe be kind to yourselves make all your hits and crits and we'll see you next wednesday bye